Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Here ends the reading. Well, uh, who's feeling a little bit cold at the moment? Anyone feeling a little bit cold? How about everyone stands up? Uh, Anyone want to do some jumping jacks for me? (laughs) Maybe you just want to move your hands, get some blood going into the the tips of your fingers. Uh, Don't break yourself. Uh, (laughs) Uh, You're welcome to sit down now. Uh, Psalm 46 invites us into uh, the, the world, uh, the, the life, the experience of life of the psalmist and who uh, God was to them in the depths and challenges of life. Uh, so my question to you this morning is, who is God to you? Uh, when, when you think of God, what, what is the primary characteristic of, of who he is uh, that comes to mind for you? Who is God to you? Is he the, the God of comfort? Is he the God of strength? Is he the creator? Uh, is he God as your saviour? Is he God as your sustainer? Is he God as your hope? Is he God as the light of the world? God as the truth bringer? God as the captive freer? Who is God to you? This morning, uh, as we're thinking about who God is to us, I I want us also to be thinking about who is it that we need God to be for each of us in the season of life that we're in. See, for us as Christians, understanding and believing truth about who he is will transform our experience of life. My hardest periods of life have been made bearable by not only knowing the truth about God is, who God is, but believing the truth and experiencing life, the one who is uh, the one who we need. A number of years back, uh, almost 20 years back, I was going through a difficult time of life where uh, which was a good time but a difficult time as I gave up my, my job, which was my security as a, a key relationship uh, broke down as I wondered uh, where my finances were coming through for my future. 
uh, as I travelled uh, overseas pondering a, a dramatic change in career shift. And uh, I've got this journal entry from that time uh, where I was asking God about these things and saying, God, uh, what about when I don't have a job? And I was reminded of the promise that, that I, will, I will comfort you. Uh, what about when I, I, I don't have the house that I've been planning on buying, but my career directory changed? Uh, I, I will comfort you. Uh, what, what about when I have to do something that I'm, is completely out of my comfort zone? I, I will comfort you. And for me in that time, hearing the promise uh, God is the comforter was what I needed to know. That even when life was going to be hard, God will be the one that was there for me. Uh, hearing, uh, not only knowing the truth, the, the promise that God will comfort us, but believing that truth about uh, who he is and what he will do for us transforms our experience of life. Here in the, in the psalm, we hear that God is our, our refuge and our strength, the very present help in time of trouble. You can find it on page 450. We're going to step through some of these verses. We're introduced to, to God as the one who is our fortress. When life is hard, uh, we feel like we want to retreat from it. And that's okay. So who is God to us in our time when life is hard? The one that wants to be our, our refuge, the one who we can retreat into relationship with, the one who when enemies surround, when life presses in, is our strength. When we can't stand ourselves, the one who is our strength, the one who is our fortress, the one who is able to protect us from a world that may threaten us. When you're feeling anxious and worried, you have one who says that he'll be your refuge and your strength, your fortress. When you're feeling attacked, he is your fortress. An ever-present help in time of trouble. Uh, Katie's had her wrist done, uh, her carpal tunnel fixed over the last uh, week or so. Uh, she would not describe me as an ever-present help in trouble. I've helped but not an ever-present help in time of trouble. Uh, God is identified, revealed to us as someone who is ever-present. Uh, there is no person that is going to be present for you in all of your trouble. You can't be present for someone else in all of their trouble. But God is an ever-present help in our trouble. He does not slumber or sleep uh, like people do. He's the one that is there for us when it feels like no one else understands us or no one else is. An ever-present help in trouble. He's the one who dwells with us. He's the one who is in the midst of the city, it says in verse 5. It shall not be moved. He's the one who dwells with us. That, that is, uh, when, we, we don't feel, when we feel alone, he is the one with us. For the people of the Old Testament, this was a comfort for them. They knew the God of Exodus, who was the fire by night and the cloud by day, the one who was with them, who dwelled in the Holy of Holies. They knew God there as the one who dwelled with them. For us, it should be even a greater comfort as Christians that the one who 
uh, is with us, the one who dwells with us, is with us always. Jesus says, I'm with you always to the end of the age. God sends his spirit to live in us. He's the one that dwells with us to be uh, to us who we need for the circumstances that we're in. Uh, See, the one who dwells with us, the one who is in the midst of us, will help us. He's the one who will help us. Uh, When we look to others for help or when we look to this world for help, uh, we can't have confidence that we're necessarily going to get help. But he is God, the one who will help us. The one who dwells with us is there to help us. Uh, The one who dwells with us uh, makes us to be unshakable. You see, the, the things of life can cause us to struggle. To, to, they shake us. They, they cause uh, our... The, the Galatians uh, speaks of... Ephesians speaks of how the wind flow, blows here and there and is able to move people. The truth and teaching can uh, blow us away from the path that we're meant to be on. But the one who dwells with us as we turn to him makes us unshakable that the things of life, although they affect us, uh, will not move us from the course that God has us on. The one who dwells with us makes us unshakable. He's also the voice that ends the the war. We see in verse 6, the nations are in uproar, uh, the kingdom's uh, the nations are in rapport. The, the kingdoms totter. His voice, he utters his voice, and the earth melts. You see, God's voice is the one that brings wars to an end. He speaks, and wars cease. Sometimes I think we struggle with some of this imagery. We hear, well, the Lord speaks and a war comes to end and we go, well, why, God, haven't you spoken? This war that we're seeing in Ukraine, why, God, haven't you spoken? We see the war and the challenge in our own lives and we say, God, why haven't you spoken? Because when your voice speaks... The earth is meant to melt. The kingdoms are meant to totter. The nations are meant to bow when your voice speaks. And what we maybe don't understand is the, the, the distance between when he speaks and when the result happens. See, for God, a day is like a thousand years. Well, God has spoken over this earth already uh, in his son will be fulfilled in time. But we sit in this middle time between when God has spoken. I believe God has spoken over the war of Ukraine that it will cease, but in time. And so we sit in the middle need to have a confidence that the God who speaks uh, will bring wars to cease in its time. And we need to trust that while that time hasn't yet happened, his voice has spoken. Now, now there's times, though, we experience his voice and it brings the war to cease inside of us in an instant. So there's big picture war that God's voice brings to, to cease, but there's also an internal war. 
I think most of us experience at one time or another the, the battle in our mind uh, to uh, have a, a healthy way of thinking, a healthy way of engaging with others in the world. God's voice is able to speak into that in an instant, uh, into your anxiety, into your worries. God's voice is able to speak and bring peace in an instant. But big picture things take time. But the God who we follow wants to uh, speak and bring an end to the war that we experience often in our mind. Uh, We see in verse 8, Come behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. I think sometimes when we read verses like this, we we find these verses difficult. We see uh, desolations he's brought on the earth. Come behold the works of the Lord. But you need to read it in the, the context of verse 9. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. See, the heart of God is the one who brings wars to a cease. So when we read verse 8, we need to read it in the context of verse 9. So when he's brought desolation on the earth, it means armies that warred against nations to bring destru- destruction and now lying desolate themselves. As Christians, uh, we, we need testimony. As you experience God's working in, in, in one way in your life, you have testimony that that is who God is and that is what he can do. So therefore, in the future, I can have confidence he will do that. Sometimes we don't have a testimony ourselves. So God is saying to the people uh, that would sing or read Psalm 46, Uh, Look at the desolations. Look at the wars that God has brought to cease around you so you can have confidence that this war, this war God will bring to cease as well. So how does that apply to us today? Uh, Your testimony to someone else is a testimony of how God has brought desolation where destruction was happening so that victory has taken the place of war. So when I share testimony with you of how God has worked, you can have confidence that God has worked here, so God will work uh, where you need it. So verse 8 is about the testimony of God, the one who is able to bring war to cease. So we can say with confidence, he brings wars to cease in this world. How can we have confidence in that? Uh, You know, I don't live fully up to his expectations of me and I'm confident you don't fully live up to his expectations of you so how how can we have confidence that God will do this for us in verse 11 it says that the Lord of hosts is with us Uh, the Lord of angel armies is with us the the God of Jacob is our refuge why is he referenced Jacob he's referenced Jacob because uh, covenant is found in Jacob You see, most of our life we live in contract with people. If I fulfill my half, if I pay you this, you will do that. We live out contract in life. But covenant is found in our relationship with God. The same covenant that was extended to to Jacob, that he will make us a people, he will bless us, he will establish us in the land. That covenant is fulfilled in Jesus. And We can be confident because of what God has done for us in Jesus that he will fulfill his covenant to us to be who he says he is. 
not because we are who we should be, but because he is who he is. That uh, through the death and resurrection of, of Jesus, your sin is dealt with. Everything that would separate you from God is dealt with so that you can be reconciled to him. So we can be sure that he will continue to fulfill his covenant to us. Because God is the one who is in covenant with us and is faithful to us even when we are not faithful. Uh, so sometimes you may find yourself in life having done the wrong thing and you may find it hard to come back to God. He doesn't want you to find it difficult to come to him. He wants you to find him even when you've done the wrong thing against him and others as your refuge, your strength, your comfort, the, the one who wants to re-establish you in relationship with him. So he's always pursuing us, even when we're not pursuing him. See, in life, we, we kind of do what we think is best for us, and we don't always make the right decision. And we, we find that sometimes in life that we can be not only at war within ourselves, at war with others, we can be at war with God, and we can be angry. And he's the one that reaches out to us. He's the one that makes wars cease, and he's the one that says this, verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. Uh, be still could be translated, stop your fighting. So it's not just uh, being active. It's stop being active against the work of the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. That's hard, isn't it? It's hard to, to stop where, uh, where people that have been taught to be active, sometimes we actually need to just be still. When something is not right, the glory of God is at stake. I wonder if you've ever thought of that. When something is not right in this world, when something is not right in your life, the glory of God is at stake. How do we know this? Uh, well, we know that God is concerned for his glory. He says, after be still and know that I am God, be still, know who I am. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. See, God is concerned that before the eyes of all people, all nations, he will be lifted high. And so when we as his people... Uh, look at life and say, this is not right. This is not how God designed it to be. God is not finished. When something is not right, God is not finished because he is concerned for how his glory is displayed in life. So when something is, is not how it should be in life, look to the God who is able to change it be still before him, surrender to him, because he's more concerned for what is not right that you see than you are. So when's he going to do it? <laughs> when's he going to fix things? It says, uh, God will, will help, God will help when the morning dawns. In the second half of verse 5. That is, who likes to sleep in when it's cold? I like to sleep in when it's cold. God does not slumber. 
God does not sleep in like we like to sleep in. God is not slow to rise. As soon as the dawn breaks, God is the one who sets things right. When the morning dawns, so look for it. We look for the rising of the sun. We look for the work of God. We look for the one who is concerned for his glory and wants to set things right in this world. And we are able to be still before him. So my question to you this morning is, who does God want to be for you? I can ask you, well, who do you want God to be for you? But who does God want to be for you in your circumstances of life right now? Do you need him as your strength? Do you need him as your comfort? Do you need him as the one that empowers you to do something you didn't think you could do yourself? Do you need him as the one who is your refuge? Do you need him as the one who is your shepherd? Who does God want to be for you now? Do you need him as your comforter? Do you need him as your provider? Who does God want to be for you? to set things right in your life? And then a second question, what's getting in the way? And do you know what? Like most of the time that the what that is getting in the way is us being willing to stop, stop fighting, stop trying to do it ourselves and actually surrender to him. But do you know, as much as you think that you can get in the way of God, you can't. <laughs> and... Sometimes we might experience delay in life because it, we can make choices uh, that are choices that lead us from God, but God is continually choosing to do what is necessary to bring you to where he wants you to be. So let me encourage you, don't, don't fight that process. <laughs> don't fight his timing. Learn to be still uh, and... Examine yourself. Am I willing to surrender? Am I willing to surrender to who God wants to be for me in the season of life? So really quickly, how, how do we do this? Uh, discover. <laughs> discover who he is. Hear from others testimony as to who God is. Discover it. This is truth that you know about. Read Scripture. Read through Scripture. And as you find something that stands out to you about who God is, Grab onto that and begin to dissect. What does it mean that, that God is our comfort? How have people, have Christians through the ages experienced God as a comfort? How do I see people in the Bible experience God as a comfort? Dissect it. Then begin to dwell on it. To sit on the scriptures that remind you of the promises of God, that God is our comforter. Say, God, you're our comforter. In prayer, dwelling, when I say dwell, I mean pray as well. God, reveal yourself to me as, as a comforter. Reveal scriptures that, that point to me and will remind me of you as a comforter. Lead me to fully understand what it means that you are my comfort. And then declare. One of the reasons we, we gather as a church on Sunday and we sing praise is we're making declaration about who God is that we're refixing our eyes, remembering in our hearts who he is, that before even the, the morning has broken, we're declaring 
who he is. So as you discover and you dissect and you dwell on who he is, begin to declare it before you have seen the fulfillment. Uh, one of the things I encourage people to do is, when you're finding life hard, write some of it down. Uh, write who God is. Write the promises of God. Because quite often uh, what we see of God, uh, we can experience in retrospect. As we pray and we say, God, help me through this time. Uh, we get through the time and then we look back and we see the ways in which he's helped us. Sometimes in the middle of it, we, we find his help and his care. But often in retrospect, we'll see all the things that he's done uh, in, in a big picture. And so let me encourage you, journal down some of these things as you dis discover, dissect, dwell on and declare these things. So how do we journey in this? Uh, we journey as we're led by the Spirit, as we walk with Emmanuel. Emmanuel is, is the name given to Jesus, God with us. That God wants to walk with us through the circumstances of life. In, for the psalmist, they, they knew God as God out here. For us as Christians, we can know God right here with us. When no one else understands us when we don't feel the love that we need or don't have the strength that we need, we can know him as the one who is with us, the, the one who wants us to talk to him and invite him uh, into our innermost thoughts. So walk with him, be led by his spirit. So who does God want to be for you this morning, this week, in this season of life? Let's pray and let's look to him for that. Uh, Lord God, uh, you are Emmanuel. Uh, you are God with us. Uh, Lord, we're, we're going to spend all of our lives discovering uh, all uh, that you are and still not yet reach the end. Help us to understand uh, who you are and who you want to be for us in the season that each of us is in. And you might just, in the, in the quiet right now, want to ask God, who do you want to be for me? Who do you want to be for me, God? God, lead us to understand the height, the width, the depth, and the breadth of your love. Lord, as you reveal yourself, help us to understand who you are to us and what that means for us. Help us to be a people that build continually testimony of you as the one who uh, loves us, pursues us, leads us, comforts us, protects us, strengthens us. I thank you for the privilege that we have to walk with you in life. Uh, help us uh, to do this with an attitude of a surrender. Help us to stop in the, the midst of the busyness. 
Help us to give up fighting uh, when we want to do it ourselves. Lead each of us, Lord, to a place of trust in relationship with you. That we may confidently uh, walk with you uh, ourselves and together and lead others to walk uh, with you. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.